Good morrow, Nicola Murphy. How are you? Hello, Kelly. Happy spring to you. Although we had this conversation oh, yeah. as to whether spring is in February or is it March. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least now we can say it is for sure, regardless of what you learned in school <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or where true. you're from. True. It was yeah. a beautiful day uh, for the first of March, I must say. So. Oh, it was glorious here as well. It was so nice. It's not bad now today either, but... Yeah, chilly still, but lovely, mm. lovely. I always remind people that the weather is usually worse in March and April than it is in December, November, because my memory of going home to Ireland over the years at Easter, like we got, we would always get stuck at Easter, but we used to never get stuck at Christmas. Really? You know? I can't remember that. Yeah, with mad. snow and everything. Really? Yeah. Freaky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we yeah, had that big mad. storm, have- February, like end of February, start of March, what, four years ago was when we had the beast yeah. in the East. That was mad, sure. That was yeah. early March, yeah. Yeah, so um, this is a very interesting podcast talking about weather. But anyway, <laughs> um, so that's the crack. Yeah, busy, busy here with uh, showing people the house and uh, trying to get it sold. And uh, I kind of have no life outside that at the moment, which is kind of boring, but sure, means to an end. You know what I mean? How about you? What you've been up to? You did kind of socialish weekend, did you? Yes, I did, yeah. I went to a gig and it was so lovely and people were in great form and there was such a lovely like not buzz but just atmosphere so I really enjoyed Mm. that and then had dinner on Saturday and was also working so all was good balancing social life with uh, work life. Strange old week obviously the last week everybody mm-hmm. with everything that's going on in Ukraine I suppose we're all holding it together it's like yeah. COVID over I mean, and here comes Putin wh- to shit on everything again um, but yeah. yes so that's what the way I feel I feel a bit uh, lethargic <laughs> is the word I, I think because it's uh, it's so draining the worry and stuff like yeah. that isn't it so yeah yeah I think uh, it was a bit of a 2021 says to 2022 home my beer, you know, moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the other way around, sorry. Mm. At least we've something else to worry about besides COVID. <laughs> and on to the next existential crisis. Yes, absolutely. I suppose the thing is, you know, at the end of the day, we're relatively safe where we are at the moment. And that's the main thing. And you think about those poor people in Ukraine mm. who are, having to walk miles to safety or hiding in bunkers or they don't know what's coming next and all of that. So puts your own problems in perspective. Sure does. Yeah, there's a lot going on at the but moment with it all. It's very hard to, you know, everybody obviously feels like they want to help out and all that stuff. But I've seen quite a lot online about, you know, people are like filling containers to go over and they're like, is, is are containers the best thing? Like, you know, are people yeah, just that too. giving things they don't want or whatever or, you know, providing stuff that's not necessarily what they need and maybe maybe money is better if you mm. give to one of the more organised charities, which is what I'm doing. So, yeah. yeah, it's um it's a lot and it's a lot if you keep on top of it in the news all the time and you're waiting for every little move that Putin is making and stuff. But um, I suppose just remember to take breaks from it and try not to have it on all day, every day. And mm. it's important to know what's going on, like, but... It's also important to protect your own mental health, so because it can be a lot, can't it? Yeah, yeah. It, um, yeah, it's just an interesting one. I suppose there hasn't been war in such a long time as well, you know. 
and it's really on Europe's doorstep now, but it's just mad. Anywho, uh, what else happened <laughs> last week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's well, tell you talk what, we get about started it. and then we get on to the nice things that happen during the week, which generally involve watching television. Yeah. <laughs> okay, number one. One. So this was an interesting article I saw on RT that I thought I'd talk about because um, I think everybody kind of falls foul to this at some stage in their life, unfortunately. Uh, but it's about friendship. So when people have chemistry, they have chemistry. It's not just a turn of phrase. It's science, according to Dr. Mally Coyne, the author and clinical psychologist. Um, they were interviewed on RT recently and spoke about the feel-good brain chemicals that are triggered by love and friendship which are in short supply when things get toxic. Given that we can't measure our own brain chemistry, recognising toxicity in relationships can be tricky, but there are behavioural signs to look out for. Human connection is essential to our emotional development and we suffer without it, Dr. Coyne says. It's something we've all confronted during COVID. Friendships are the key to our emotional and physical health. We learn about who we are through our relationships. Humans are so deeply social and our most joyful and sad moments derive from a feeling of belonging with close others. And that's why the last two years have been so difficult for people. Mm. The benefits of friendship last longer than the good times we have with our friends. Dr. Coyne says there is solid science behind why you like someone and want to spend time with them. When you have a good laugh at someone, you feel like the very best version of yourself. And why is that? Because it releases your feel-good brain chemicals. When we are born to our mothers, we have a release of oxytocin in our brains, which is our love hormone. Well, that's, that gets released when you're really close to a good friend. And also you have uh, endorphins, which can act as a pain reliever and serotonin, which is an antidepressant. So loads of really good chemicals are released when you're with somebody that you're enjoying spending time with. The reverse is also true. Equally, we feel those things very acutely, the opposite of them when we're with a more toxic friend. Ah. Things get a little complicated when it comes to friendships that started out well but became uncomfortable over time. Does that mean that they have become, that the person has become toxic? Dr. Malley cautions against deciding an individual is a toxic person. Sometimes friends who were good friends initially can become more toxic. I don't want to put people down and say that's a toxic person. So we completely disregard that person. Because very often when people show negative behaviours, there's usually stuff going on in their lives. Friends can behave badly on a one-off basis, usually because the situation has exposed their vulnerabilities. She says that if someone hurts you, it doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad person. Maybe it's just a tough situation for them. Say somebody turns 40 and everybody around them is having babies and they haven't had a baby. It might be difficult for them to rejoice in somebody having a baby and it doesn't necessarily mean they're toxic. Mally says we are all capable of screwing up from time to time, even with those closest to us. We're all imperfect human beings. We all mess up. We mess up our relationships. It doesn't matter what relationship we mess up with our kids, our husbands, partners, um, work colleagues. We're imperfect beings pretending we're perfect when we're not. So it's like a one-off. So if it's like a one-off, I think you're kind of looking at it in a different way. Toxic relationships are real and Dr. Coyne says there are some red flags to look out for. She says inequality could be a sign of toxicity where all the giving is on one side and the taking is on another. I think we've all been in that situation one time or another, haven't we? Um, They do have, do they have time for your problems? So you might be helping them through tough times. Are they able to be there for you when you have a tough time? A toxic person might be more likely to dismiss your feelings and say they don't have time for you and ignore you. If you have doubts about a particular friendship, 
Another question to ask yourself is, how does that person react to your success? Something really good happens in your life and they don't share that joy and they might try to drag you down for their benefit. They might be a little something. These signs are not enough to prove toxicity unless they are repeated over time. Mali says that a toxic relationship is defined by a pattern of behaviour. If this happens over time and it's a repeated thing, you know that there's no understandable reason for it, then you're okay. I can understand why they might be so joyful about me having a baby when they're trying to have a baby. That's understandable. Trusting your instincts is important. If you feel you are constantly changing your own behaviour when you're with someone and the friendship might not last, if you didn't, maybe it's time to walk away. Getting that point is harder for some people than others. If during an interaction you're feeling, I'm not the best version of myself here, I'm feeling like I'm curtailing myself or I'm walking on eggshells, filtering the conversation, changing the way you look or whatever, then you know that something isn't quite right. But it can be hard for people, some people more than others, to recognise that. Lifelong friends are great, but we don't have to keep all our friends for life, according to the psychologist. Mm. She says it's okay to end a friendship if you're no longer comfortable with it. We do not have to have friends for life. We have friendships very often for seasons of our lives and it's okay. A lot of friendships naturally taper off and something major may not have to happen. She says it can help to think about in terms of people who add warmth to your life and people who sap your energy. Yeah. And wait for it. She stole my favourite saying... Have the mantra in your mind to fill your life with radiators, not dreams. (laughs) Yes, okay, very good. (laughs) Which my good friend Smithy said to me one time and I was like, oh my God, that's the best thing I ever heard. Radiators and dreams, radiators and dreams. So there you go. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, very, very, very interesting. I do find that like as you get older too, though, you can kind of identify that more. I think, especially us, we went to all girls secondary schools. You kind of were Mm. became friends with a lot of people that maybe like (laughs) as you grew up, you were like, I don't know if I'm really friends with this person, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. So it's funny the way that like some people, if you go away from somebody, and I think, and if you're like double double thinking about like what right my brain is functioning today but if you're you know double like doubting yourself about things you said and things like Second that guessing. it's a bad sign yeah. you know of your friendship yeah. you should be 100 yeah. percent comfortable with people you spend your time with you know and even if you don't see them for eight months which is the way at the moment with covid and all that like mm-hmm. i was mm-hmm. fortunate enough over the last few weeks to see some of my friends i hadn't seen in bloody ages because of covid and mm. if you go away from that feeling full, you know, and happy, that's a great sign of friendship, you know. And especially if totally. you haven't seen them in a long time, that you can kind of pick up where yeah. you left off and all that. I think that's so important. Like, rather than, you know, and I've seen other people do it, just like literally cut off friendships because they felt like that person was completely, you know, negative and sapping of them. Mm-hmm. Stuff. But no, it's really mm. interesting, actually. It's something we don't talk about. I remember years yeah. ago. Yeah, I remember years ago, I was quite tight with a couple of people at work, right? We had a little gang at work and um, one of them was a bit toxic, like we'll say, right? And um, anyway, it came to a point where somebody, someone else in the gang was like, you know what, I actually don't really want to be friends with her. So you can just leave me out of any of these group things or whatever, like, you know, and I I was like, ooh, I was kind of shocked, you know, I was like harsh. But actually, I think about it often and I'm like, maybe she's right. Like, maybe you see that thing and you're like, this isn't adding anything to my life. You know, what is this friendship about? You know, like, I think we're kind of conditioned to be nice to people, you know, and to be sort of polite and inclusive and all those things. And sometimes maybe it's a bit misguided. Mm. Now, I know this this 
this conversation we're having here today is a bit more probably about like sort of long term friends or whatever. Yeah. Back in the dating days, it's like, yeah, I'm looking for a boyfriend, not a pen pal or not a buddy or yeah, whatever, you know, yeah, yeah. like it's what do you need out of those friendships? It's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Mm. Like, you know, do you want someone to that you can share the good times and the bad times with? Is it someone who's just there for the socialising, blah, blah, blah? Like, I again, when we were younger, there was often people that kind of came and went in our social circle. Yeah. And they were like <laughs> vagrants, you know, but we had great times together. But like there was maybe nothing there to hold a friendship together long term, yes, you know. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. But I do think there can be times in friendships as well where things are maybe not as you know, probably long-term friendships go through their ups and their downs yeah. as well. And I suppose that comes back to a lot of what this doctor was saying here about maybe someone's not going through a great time in their life and maybe that's the time they need us most, you know, mm. and to be patient and um, just let them know that you're there for them. I mean, again, no one's perfect. I'm sure we're assholes to people as well at times and it's hard for them to be our friends. So, um, and our behaviours aren't exactly what they find mm. attractive sometimes. So I guess it's all about being patient and just being realistic about what you expect of each other, you know. Yeah, and I d- definitely do find those ages helps that, you know, being in your mid-30s yeah. this year yeah. <laughs> or 40s, you can... Uh... It is that thing again about you, the older you get, the more confident you get yeah. and the less you seek approval elsewhere. And I think that's when you're like, yeah, well, I don't have to maintain all these friendships because for the sake of it yeah, is what I'm exactly, saying you know yeah. if, if there's nothing if there's nothing mutually beneficial from it but also know, so, I think um, when you have a family and kids and stuff like that you want to spend your time that precious time you have outside of your family with people who really yeah. enjoy their company totally you know? so yeah people you totally. get you get enjoyment from because like that time is precious also <laughs> when you have two small kids uh, or whatever. That's, a, that's a very good point <laughs> very good point so there you go there you go okay moving on number two number two number two so I have loads of random stuff to talk about this week because I actually didn't really watch anything new in the last week. Okay. There are a few new things out there. I don't know if I'm going to watch it, but I'll talk about it. The first thing, I didn't start it. I've seen a few clips of it and stuff. I don't know, the acting in it is kind of annoying in the trailers. It's the Inventing Anna TV show on Netflix. Have you seen it? It's like, oh, it's been I like trending. Oh, kind of stuff about it. Yeah, that, your one is not great. The, yeah, the Anna character. Know, like, and, like she's in Ozark yeah. and I like her in Ozark. But in this, she just kind of comes across as like, oh, what's not her name? really wishes. The girl that's playing the reporter. I cannot remember her name. She's from My Girl. Famous, famous, famous film. Oh, Anna, Anna Klumsky. Is it Anna? Oh, Klumsky. I could never yeah. remember her name. And if I haven't seen her in 25 years. I was like, oh, my God, she's a fully grown woman. Wow. Yeah, it's mad. <laughs> but it's um, it's all about, obviously, you know, she's, she says, obviously, she's like a German heiress and all these people start hanging out with her and all this stuff. But like, yeah, it's a true she's story, a, isn't yeah, it? But yeah, but she's a pure fake, like mm. the whole thing is fake, which is kind of gas. It just shows you the way people like cling on to these people that have a title and all that stuff. A bit like the mm. the Tinder swindler a few yeah. weeks ago, isn't it? These people just say they're somebody and then people start falling at their feet like it's mad. Yeah, for sure. Um, I haven't really delved properly into it yet. I'm seeing a lot of mixed reviews on it. Um, yeah, I heard the mm. I heard the sort of um, the way they present journalism isn't very accurate mm. as well. Yeah, but yeah. So I again, I can't really talk about it too much, but um, I will try to get it in in the next few weeks. I've been watching a lot mm. of shite reality TV because I find it's a great escape from the real yes. world. <laughs> Yeah. So I've been very mind numbing. Yes, yeah. totally. So I've been watching. Mm. I spoke about Below Deck last year. Like that was kind of the one that was in like Thailand, the Bahamas, and all that. I've been watching the mid version of that lately, uh, which is complete mm-hmm. trash. But 
it's amazing to see Europe like they're in Croatia at the moment and just to see Croatia is unbelievable so it's on my list now places to go so I'm watching that pure shite and I've also been watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City which is probably my favorite now of all the Real Housewives uh, <laughs> franchise oh yeah and mm-hmm. uh, I know it's not your cup of tea but I'm sure there are people listening who do watch this shite it is so volatile <laughs> and mental and they're constantly at each other's throats and it's an interesting one. Salt Lake City is mad, you know, because it's like the Mormon yeah. capital. But like some of them are Mormon, mm. some of them aren't Mormon. Like the rules are so strict around Mormonism. A couple of them are like were in the Mormon faith and aren't, aren't anymore. Um, so it's very interesting, actually, that point of view mm. on it. But it's just other than that, it's just a lot of drama between women, you know, and um, one of them. I feel like I've never started watching any of those because I know I would actually get hooked. <laughs> them. That's why I don't start watching them. But that's kind of why I do when I'm in like crisis mode or when I'm feeling a bit shit. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to watch 100 episodes of this in the next week. In a row. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's literally mind numbing, yeah. but like kind of addictive. Yeah. So you're you're invested mm-hmm. But it's shite. But that's all on Now TV. Catnip. If anyone, and, and, and the Irish version of Now TV, it's the same in the UK. You can pay for it. It's like, I pay like three yeah. quid every three months or something for all that shite reality TV, but it's glorious. And then the other TV show that we did actually watch two weeks ago was um the Jack Reacher TV show on Amazon Prime. So I don't know if you know the Jack Reacher movies. Tom Cruise was cast in them, which is really weird because they're books originally. And in the books, yeah. they're these massive, the, him, the main character, Jack Reacher, is like this massive man, right? He's absolutely huge. Like he's a military, former military kind of go out on his own now, mercenary kind of style. And it's yep. the, the TV version of the books. And I thought it was brilliant. It's on Amazon Prime. It's only like eight or nine episodes. It's kind of like a crime drama too, but with a bit of fun thrown in because obviously it's kind of action. You, This man is absolutely massive and I really enjoyed watching him. So... <laughs> I <laughs> would recommend as well that so there's only a few episodes but I think eight episodes but it's um it was enjoyable enough it's uh it's about kind of they like he comes into a small town and discovers that there's like all these kind of money laundering and stuff going on and he try, he kind of gets roped in by the police and there's a bit of a love story and all that so that's the actually new thing I watched lately but uh, it was good I enjoyed it totally mind numbing uh nine hours of tv so where is it on sorry Amazon Prime Amazon Prime. Yeah. Cool. Um, this is my TV choice for the last uh, week. <laughs> I started two new ones. Um, Snowfall, uh-huh. which is on Netflix, and it's about drugs in... You always start these random ones on Netflix. Hollywood. No, it's good. Mm. It's like a proper big budget thing. Um, but back in the sort of early 80s, mm. when Coke was for, kind of first coming into the city... Mm. And so you're seeing sort of drug, some of the drug dealers, you're seeing some of the cops and you're seeing it's kind of revolves around this young black guy who just sells a bit of weed and then sort of has a pal from school who whose parents are in the porn industry. So okay. he's, he's got money. Yeah. right? And he he gets him to do a few little jobs for him. And when he's doing these jobs for him, he meets up with a big cocaine importer. Uh-huh. But this guy actually has contacts kind of in the hood. With mm. Drug dealers as well, even though he's not a drug, he's not a, he's not a drug taker himself. He's obviously quite a smart kid, and mm. he's studying business and stuff like that. So it looks good, but but the second story is really complicated. It's about an undercover CIA operation trying to 
get the drugs, as mm. it were. But at the, one of them dies at the start and they're trying to clean it up and it's mad. But it looks really good. So I've only watched one episode of it. It's called Snowfall. Um, and the other thing is the sinner or sinner it's called. Oh, it's Jessica Biel. Oh, are you only starting that now? It's years. Yeah. There's four seasons of it. <laughs> Oh my god! I've just started. Yeah, the so first like, season, the season is the best. The first season is very good. Yeah, is it? Yeah, it is yeah. good. Um, I tried to just start the second season, but like the main one, of the main characters is a kid, and the kid kind of creeped me out, so I stopped watching it. <laughs> oh, but um, Bill, it's Bill Pullman in it. Yeah, yeah he's Bill brilliant Pullman, yeah. in it. He's excellent. He's yeah. so he's yeah. so like has so many demons, you know. Um, yeah. I meant to say to you too. I have nearly finished. This, this is going to hurt. Like we stuck with it. Now, the one thing I would say is oh, I kind of yeah. got what you were saying because it is quite dark in the sense of... It got better, in, I thought. Um, I thought the first two episodes weren't great, yeah. but I've a month or four, four yeah. now to me and it's better. Yeah, you get more you get more invested in the character yeah, as well. Yeah, but think. it is a bit yeah. dark because it's obviously that like premature babies and it's in the ops and gyne ward and all that stuff. And yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying it. I think, think it's brilliant. I've only two left. I thought it was really good Oh my good God, the, the one we watched last night was the one with the um, consultant, the female consultant. Oh yeah, she's, she's swearing and blinding. <laughs> oh, she's very funny. Yeah, very funny. we actually laughed yeah. out loud at a good few bits that yeah. she was in. Whereas before that, it's yeah. a lot of very subtle, dark humour. It was, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Whereas it's laughing out loud stuff with her yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah it's good it's it is good it's grown on me I, I wasn't keen on the first I think maybe because I had a different perception of what what well, it was going to be yeah. yeah I was wrong yeah mm-hmm. yeah because Stuart I bought Stuart the book a few years ago and I'd read a bit of it and I was like this isn't like what I read you know yeah. but um yeah and then the other thing I have to tell everybody about is Tick Tick Boom I watched oh, it at the weekend oh yes yeah yeah, it's brilliant. It's on Netflix. Andrew Garfield. It's the story of Jonathan Larson who wrote Rent uh, amongst yes, other yeah. um, musicals. But he, oh, it's such a tragic story. He he died very young. Um, I won't tell you exactly what happened, but Tick, Tick, Boom is kind of, it was another musical he wrote, an autobiographical musical oh. he wrote before Rent. And... But it's kind of about being a playwright in New York trying yes, to sell okay. a musical. And then the film is kind of a film about a, f- a playwright in New York yes. writing a musical yeah, about yeah, yeah. his life. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's all these levels removed. But, um, oh, my God, Andrew Garfield. Brilliant. Love her. Really? Oh, my God. He is brilliant. His acting is out of this world. He should get the Oscar. I think he didn't get the Screen Actors Guild the other day. I think Will Smith got it. But, oh, I think he was just fantastic. Oh, I keep meaning to watch um, it. It's on my list. You see, I like watching musicals with other people. Poor Stuart. We've subjected him to loads of those over the years. I didn't, I, I, I kind of didn't know it was going to be so musically. Yeah. Um, but Stuart enjoyed it as well. Um, it's brilliant. It's really good. There's some brilliant music in it. Oh, and... Oh, I just loved every minute of it. It's a little bit sad as well yeah. because of, mm. you know, we know what happens ultimately. But, um, and it's all about that sort of um, trying to balance his life with his passion for musicals, etc. Oh. And writing music and all that. So it's, and it kind of, even though Rent isn't mentioned in it, you kind of see where yes, Rent came from Yes, of course. Well I can stuff, imagine you know. the storyline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, love Rent. major mm-hmm. recommendation for that now. I really hope he gets the Oscar. And I've seen, that's three of them I've seen now. And his performance was my favourite, even though I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was very good in The Power of the Dog. But I just, his breadth of um, 
from manic to sort of depressed and everything in between in that film is unbelievable. Um, Brilliant. I was so, watching it. Yeah, nice. really enjoyed it. Check it out. Check it out. Lots of stuff there. So actually this week for people, mm. drown yourselves in TV, lads. Drown yourselves in TV. Drown your sorrows in TV. Uh, okay, we will on number three. Three. So three this and week. Nicola. I'm going to do Nicola's it. Nicola's doing the fox Wait. this week. Yes. Go on, Nicola. <laughs> and Stop. I won't be as good professional as Kelly with her journalistic background. Oh, God. <laughs> So about that. <laughs> I thought this week we would talk about um, this man who has emerged in the last week as kind of a hero uh, from the Ukraine. So the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky. So very interesting background, which I didn't really know until literally last week where I was like, I need to look mm. into this guy because, you know, you kind of hear rumblings about his ba- background and all that stuff. Yeah. So. I just wanted to tell you about it because I thought it's kind of fascinating where he's come from. And I'm laughing because like, of course, and all these things, like people still find like comedy and the whole thing. And the amount of people being like pilf, you know, about <laughs> <laughs> pilf. Yeah. President, I'd like to. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was pilf. so funny. I saw like um, Panty Bliss at a tweet up last week and sh- like they had just Googled like, um, <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, married. Yeah, Zelensky married. married uh, yeah. <laughs> something single, blah, blah, blah. All the things that were coming up. Like, Jesus Christ, the world mm-hmm. is thirsty at the moment, I tell you. Google but, Trends. Um, yeah. Anyway, so of course, this man, um, so I'll tell you a bit about him. And obviously, we've all seen him in the last week, but super interesting background. So he was born in uh, January 1978. He's actually from one of the Russian areas of the Ukraine. So he's Jewish. He speaks fluent Russian as well as Ukrainian. He, the region I will try to pronounce, which I will absolutely better, is Kryivyi. And it's like a major city where it's... Um, it was originally like Russian speaking. So obviously that's kind of interesting in the background of the war at the moment, you know, and he has addressed mm-hmm. the Russian people speaking Russian um, mm-hmm. in the last week as well. So um, he is a actor, a comedic actor, and he started, but he's also has a degree from, um, he's a law degree from uh, Kiev National Economic University. He pursued a, uh, an acting career, as I said, like a comedic acting career, but also set up a production company called Kevartel 95. Um, it produces films and cartoons and TV shows. And one of its main TV shows, which aired from 2015 to 2019, was called Servant of the People. And in that TV show, Zelensky plays the role of the Ukrainian president. So imagine like uh, Martin Sheen as Jed Bartlett from the West Wing mm. decided to run as president at the end of the West Wing. That's basically mm. kind of what happened in this situation, but it was a comic TV show. Um, so he was, uh, he decided, to, so that, that um, Servant of the People, that actually became a political party in 2018 with the same name. And a lot of those mm-hmm. people within that political party were actually people from the production company, like writers and producers and all that stuff that established this um, political party, which is fascinating. Um, and still are a lot of his own party are still people who wrote and all that for him. So like his speechwriters and all that would have written for the TV wow. show and all that stuff, which is mad. Um mm. So again, at the end of 2019, he announced his running for political party. Um, 
And it was an interesting one at the time because a lot of people thought like this is kind of, you know, madness. And I suppose in the wake of Trump and all that, there was a lot of um, worry about it and whether he Mm. could actually do the job. So a lot of people, so I read a lot of articles about people who had a lot of concerns about him. Also, he had like a very um, famous uh, oligarch, Russian oligarch, who supported him in his presidential run. So a lot of people thought that when he got to power, that he'd be kind of on Putin's side of things when actually it's been very opposite. So one of his big Mm -hmm. things in his campaign was to end the, you know, issues with Russia and all that. So he actually got a lot of the popular vote, 73%. And um, yeah, exactly. And he's since then become very, you know, um, he identifies as a populist, but also um, he's positioned himself as very anti-establishment and anti-corruption. So one mm. thing I also read, which I thought was super interesting, is within the Ukrainian government, there was actually a law that meant that they were immune, basically all laws. So they were completely immune to legal things. So basically they couldn't do anything legal. They couldn't be tried for it. They couldn't be if you were in the you were in the parliament, yeah. which is mad, you know. Yeah. So he got rid of that, and obviously a lot of people were kind of unhappy Good. about that. He's done a lot of like the right thing, yes, a lot of anti-corruption mm-hmm. stuff because obviously, like Ukraine was very corrupt because of its relationship with Russia, and there was a lot of money being pumped through it in the sense of like there's a lot of oligarchs involved in the government and things like that. And he's kind of come in and kind of cleared all that out. Um, He's t- and he even claims himself like to have taken the power away from the, the Ukrainian oligarchs. Again, a lot of them would have gotten their money from Russia. So, mm-hmm. um, but he obviously, we've noticed him a lot more in the last few weeks because of what's been going on with Russia. Um, he has been trying to, prior to last week, kind of calm things down in the sense of um, avoiding war, you know, really trying to just keep the people calm and the Ukrainian populace assures that the international community would help them, you know, um, mm-hmm. and any kind of warnings of war that came from the US or, or Europe, he again tried to distance himself from it and tried to kind of say, look, no, that's not going to happen. We're going to be okay. We have security guarantees and we're going to have military support from NATO. And um, obviously we know that in the last week that hasn't really happened. So he last Thursday um, declared martial law across the Ukraine. We've obviously seen him in a lot of different um, clippings on the TV. Like even yesterday, he dressed the security council in the UN um, and spoke about how one of the squares in his, one of the kind of big university cities had been bombed freedom square. And it was very emotional because I don't know if you saw it, the translator even was getting really upset Ukrainian translator for him was like crying basically as he was translating to the UN Security Council but he's been obviously he hasn't he's been offered lifts and um, flights out of the out of Ukraine a number of times in the last week Mm -hmm. hasn't taken them he's staying there his family is still there he has a wife and two children Um, I read a quote from him in 20 was it 2019 or 2020 when he was actually um he became president. He said that he didn't want the people to, you know, have his portrait hanging in their houses, that he didn't agree with that. He wanted them all to have portraits of the children. And before they made any choices about their own lives, that they looked at their children before they made that choice, Aww. which like really broke my heart. <laughs> 
So um, a good guy overall, um, obviously a mad background. Can you imagine being like an actor? Everyone thinks you probably can't do this, but kind of (laughs) gave you the presidency anyway. And you're now in this situation where you're literally target number one. I suppose when you think about everybody that thought that Trump was because he was a businessman, Mm. was eligible to be the president, like a comedian has a different set of skills that probably are are an actor that involve a human emotion and understanding human emotion better, you know. Mm. So who's to say which one is the more qualified? Like probably neither. (laughs) But, you know, it's this thing about like, oh, you have to have this massive background in politics to understand politics. I don't think that's right. I think if you've got your your heart is in the right place, you know, it makes it's a lot of the, the work, you know, and having good people around you, you know, that can advise you. Yeah. correctly or in a helpful manner. The other thing is he is he was the voice of Paddington. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, the Russian Paddington. In Ukraine. <laughs> Which is funny. Which is hilarious. Yeah. But um, um, the, the other thing I would say about him is he is very charismatic, you can tell, because he's really like rallied the people, you know, like yeah. he's, and he's like. And it doesn't hurt that he's of, handsome as well to call it a spade a spade. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but you know the way he's been in like the kind of the army gear whereas like Putin yeah, and he looks the other like an side is hero. like yeah exactly yeah. and Putin on the other side then like this fucking little, little creep in a suit but like I think yeah. it's been a whole like really showing himself as the master and commander of that of what is happening you know yes. and I think he's really yeah. gotten the people to rally so well because of that yeah. and yeah it's 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 been amazing to watch him I think oh, in I the hope last he week but that's the thing he is yeah. I mean target number one is on his head and obviously yeah. he's taking a lot of videos from Kiev with they know where Kiev, he is probably Kiev, Kiev should I should say um, with like you know a lot of the statues and stuff in the city so people know that he's still in, in Kiev mm. because Obviously, Putin he was wants saying, to let them know he's yeah, there. And Putin was yeah. saying he's gone and all that. So he's doing a lot of the right things. And oh my god, honestly, watch that speech from yesterday because it would break your heart. He, you could, and the man, he's obviously like, inspired. Oh, but he's he's obviously inspired the whole nation. Like there's people picking up guns and yeah. defending. I mean, this is what they're saying that the Russians are. Did they? They didn't sort of anticipate the amount of. Um, resistance they'd meet mm. in Ukraine from just regular people you know yeah. it's it's mad because you're seeing stuff online and you have to kind of every time you see something kind of stop and say is this real you know mm. um, because there's so much fake stuff coming out as well Yeah. Um, but it's some of it is just shocking like you know normal people encountering Russian soldiers on the side of the street oh, and how they're interacting and they're making the Molotov cocktails like basically having workshops and Molotov yeah. cocktails and there was a clip I don't know if you saw Kel um and the RT News on Sunday night, I was bloody bawling of Ukrainian men in Ireland going back I to the Ukraine. It. So sad. Oh God! Oh and I'm sure it's God. the same in the UK and lots of other countries around the world. I know it's it's kind of like it's heartbreaking to see, but it, it you just start thinking about your own. What would you do, like husband, that's partner, it. brothers, yeah. if they were called up? Like, geez, oh. And then that's the surreal moment where you're like. Lucky. I never thought I'd have this thought in my life. You know what I mean? Like, what do you do in a particular situation, you know, or how would you deal with that or where would you go or whatever? Like, but. I tell you, if I was over that side of Europe, like if I was in Poland or Romania or any of that, like, I would be nervous of what's going to happen. Even just the Mm. refugee crisis alone is going to be horrific. Sure, I think six million people are going to be refugees in the next month or something mental like this. So, yeah, yeah, it's the biggest, it's the biggest um, or second biggest European country, the Ukraine. I think a lot of people forget that, like it's vast. But 
let's just hope for the best. I heard, I was listening to, the, it's the thing now where it's like wake up in the morning, turn on the radio, which is very all consuming, you know, but um, yeah. yeah. Anywho, uh, let's move on to other things. That was our Fox of the Week. Fox yep. of the Week. Four. So my number four this week is a podcast recommendation, but it's a bit of a funny one because I will be honest, when I heard about this, I was like, oh God, I don't know if I want to listen to that because we're surrounded by such shite <laughs> at the moment. But um, it's called The Coming Storm. I don't know if you've heard it on any ads. Oh, I've listened to Did it. You? I've listened to I've listened to maybe three or four of them. Yeah, it's yeah. good, isn't it? Um, so just to explain to people what it is. So it's a BBC4 podcast. It's all about the rise, basically, of QAnon in the States over the last two decades, I suppose, three decades. Um, mm. And the guy who presents it, Gabriel Gatehouse, is a obviously a BBC journalist, but it's kind of based on his experience when he met the QAnon shaman, that guy who then was one of the idiots who um was involved in the capital riot and capital made Hill. his way yeah. into um capitol hill and made his way into the uh into congress basically and was filmed in congress and all that jazz but he yeah, kinda, the guy that had the horns, the horns and the yeah the shaman yeah he's kind of guy. iconic dude yes yeah. yeah um so it's all about obviously the rise of QAnon and the reasons kind of behind it and it starts very you know, strangely, obviously, it's, well, it starts back in the 90s with the Clintons and all that stuff and kind of goes from there. But I thought it was very well done. Very interesting. I really enjoyed it. They're, sh- they're short enough each. They're only 30 minutes, I think. Mm. But uh, yeah, what did you think? Um, I had just finished a series before it, which completely escapes me. Oh, no. Was it John Ranson's series? Might have been. I had just finished the series before I started listening to that, that covered a lot of that QAnon stuff. And I was like, so it, it felt a bit yeah. repetitive to mm-hmm. me. But and also I watched that Louis Theroux oh, yeah. from a couple of weeks ago where he met the QAnon, do some of the QAnon dudes as well. And so it was a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of the same stuff. So um, but it is very interesting. All that stuff about sort of where it came from and Pizzagate and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Um, and the links with yeah, it kind of essentially they're sort of saying it started in this sort of attempt to discredit Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, yeah, didn't it? Yeah. But I mean, there's stuff at the start of it, isn't there, about Bill Clinton and what he w- was doing to some of the crimes he committed yeah, and things yeah. like that as well. So obviously, oh, there's people who alleged, yeah, like sexual assault mm. and all that. But um, yeah. yeah, I hadn't looked at anything QAnon wise, and I never, I kind of mm. knew obviously, like I've listened to other podcasts, but like one off episodes about it. But mm. like, I feel mm. like you do kind of need a series because it is obviously in depth. But um, it's very good for that. It's very yeah, good. If you, for so if you don't know about it, yeah. you want to kind of learn about it. And the whole thing is, they still think they're still seeing like the coming storm that like this is still going to kick off and that it's mm-hmm. going to be more of a grassroots movement and that they're getting into like churches and like peewee football and stuff like that, that it's going to like mm-hmm. go from there, you know, that they're kind of going to start to mm-hmm. brainwash people nearly about all this QAnon stuff. But um, I thought it was very, very good. It's on obviously all the podcasty places that you can listen. We listened mm-hmm. to them, Apple Podcasts. But um, yeah, it's definitely worth it. If you're kind of interested in the background of all that madness, then definitely check it out. And uh, yeah, I felt like I knew more about it now. So yeah. And that's the purpose of podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. I started listening to one of your My Favourite Murder episodes the other day and 
I swear it was 15 minutes in and the two girls were still talking about their dogs. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Don't Christ. listen to any, I wouldn't listen to any of the like first, maybe I was actually slurshy. laughing at them though. They were quite funny. Yeah, they, they were quite, funny. Yeah, was, this was the one from like two weeks oh, ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I was actually laughing at them to be fair. They were quite funny and I was like, actually maybe I should listen to this more because I do get a lol out with them so I must go back to it again. But, yeah, um, they're good. I'm actually nearly caught up. I'm on November 21 so I'm nearly there I've listened to all of them over the last oh, wow. year yeah <laughs> she's like 300 or something yeah, that's yeah. mad mm. well done you uh, okay right moving on to music news number five five so music news this week is a couple of couple of brief things Damien Dempsey who you saw last Friday Nicola um, Kojak and Shiv are among the artists who will perform at Arsis Artists Against Homelessness at the Olympia Theatre in Dublin on April 17th. F.A. Courtesy Ahmed Whitlove and Negro Impacto will also play at the show, which is made of Focus Ireland and curated by Dublin rapper Kojak, who sang about homelessness and housing on his acclaimed 2021 album Towns Dead. Speaking about playing in the gig, which is now in its eighth year and organised with Sunday Independent, Zimbabwe-born artist Shiv said, the issue of homelessness in Ireland is one that simply shouldn't exist and can be prevented with the right intervention from government. However, it's not something that I have felt is in the interest of our government, which is why charities like Focus Ireland and events such as this one are so important. They offer hope to those most in need. Speaking about playing at the gig, which is now in its eight year, he went on, it is incredibly disheartening to know that there are over 8,000 homeless people in Ireland, a quarter of whom are children. Over 200,000 houses remain vacant in Ireland, which is a scandal. There are two and a half thousand children who are homeless with their families and most lost their homes in the rental sector due to rocketing rents, insecurity of tenure and the rising cost of living. Rents have now passed the peak of the Celtic Tiger and when linked to the spiralling cost of living, this has left many thousands of families and individuals at a tipping point between home and homelessness. Folks are going to work hard every day to prevent people from losing their homes and these services are needed now more than ever. So you can get a ticket, they're 30 euros on ticketmaster.ie if you happen to be in Dublin. Uh, around that time it's Easter actually um, oh, yeah. Easter week so if you're going to be around that would be an absolutely brilliant gig to go to I'd say yeah um, Damo was uh, brilliant last week I must say Damo he was Damo, great Damo Damo yeah was it busy was it packed like, it was or? packed and um, I only saw maybe two people wearing masks and stuff like I said earlier it was just like honestly there's something about live music where like if you're into live music totally. where it is like healing I literally felt life is firming. yeah I really felt like healed mm. <laughs> when I walked out of there I remember Wasn't. the first gig I went to back in whatever October November and you f- and the speakers come on and you feel the vibration yeah. through your body and it's like the best thing ever it really is oh my god I can't wait to go to a festival though. Life. Though I might die that's mm. the only thing <laughs> <laughs> I got a ticket actually for a festival in August here in Edinburgh during the week. Oh, nice. There's a new festival called Connect at the Highland. Um, what's they call it? Highland Showgrounds or whatever oh, yeah. near the airport. So Ke- Chemical Brothers are headlining oh, Saturday night. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> we have them in and June, sure. Well, you gave back yeah. your tickets, but me and Brian and James and Jer and yeah. Yeah, gang have um, It'll be brilliant. 27th of It'll June, I think, or 23rd of June. I would have so much FOMO if. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Five that booked anyway. So, and my last little bit of music news is Tears for Fears are heading for Ooh. their third UK number one album this Friday with The Tipping Point. Really? The new wave Randomly. band have reunited for their first album of original material since 2005 and it's now tracking to become their first chart topper in 33 years. Wow. And I was just reading a bit more about the charts this week and the other thing that's also set for a top five debut is former Smiths guitarist Johnny Mayer 
who could scoop his third top 10 solo album with Fever Dreams parts 1 to 4. It's amazing. It's guess there's a lot of One, like the retro <laughs> music coming back and like bands and even the ABBA thing last year and all that. Like people are into it's it. Comfort and nostalgia yeah, as sure. well, isn't it? And it's like, well, modern know. music. No, it's good. I know that sounds so old to be saying that, but I don't think modern music is <laughs> You're as such good. an old like, fart. You know, like even like a lot of the new music you put on the, like I barely listen to music radio anymore. Well, you don't listen to bloody BBC something or another, the old foggy BBC Six. you listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, it's a cool BBC. Um, actually, it was funny. The other day I had fourth one or something on by accident, which is like commercial radio station here because our car is in the garage and we've got this little Fiat 500 <laughs> driving around and um, I can't tune the radio. So it's just fourth one is on, right? And um, that banging tune came on. Do you remember the one we were <laughs> raving to in the train coming back from Glasgow tonight? You know that Calvin Harris? Oh, I know the modern music, Nicola. What do you want about? Kelvin Harris and Tom Grennan raving. That was good, Craig. <laughs> I was like, that. I must start making a playlist for Nicola's hair now. I must get that on it. <laughs> Be the only modern song on it. Uh, that is a delights. tune, though. Yeah. Oh, it's a banger. Such a banger. Right. Anyway, go on. We better go. Get the bangers on, everybody. Cheer yourself up and uh, we'll be back next week. Have a great week, everybody. And share the love. And uh, yes, mind yourselves. Mind yourselves. Okay. Love you all. Bye. Cheerio. Bye-bye.